Date Night fam, Bree here with my handsome hubby. <laughs> Your old husband. How can you get more handsome each year? I don't understand. Stop it. <laughs> you know, at some point we should do a pod on gray hair old guy. You know, gray hair is rogue. Did you know that? It's like an angry, angry toddler. <laughs> it never goes where you want it to and it's always where it shouldn't be. So true, but it's still my favorite. Okay, everyone under their 30s is officially grossed out. All right. <laughs> this is a first for us today. We are trying something new. So drum roll, my love. Okay, three, two, one. We're going to do Summer in the Sermons. Woohoo! It didn't sound that lame in my mind. <laughs> I meant it to be like Summer at the Movies, you know? That was lame. Okay. Great hair. Ouch. <laughs> so here's the idea. For the summer, we're going to take a handful of our favorite sermon clips, like seven, eight minutes or five, six minutes, play them for y'all, and then we're going to break them down a bit at the end. All on key topics like dating, mm-hmm. intimacy, repentance, complaining, and not wasting our lives. Yes, and we'll bounce it out. You know, Paul Washer, John Piper, Jay Pipes, and then like <laughs> Susan, Susan Heck or whatever for the ladies. Woohoo! So are you ready for this, my love? Yes. Ethan, are you ready? Summer in the sermons, let's go. I don't know, but how dare you? Okay, well, let me set this up. We are starting today with a Paul Washer clip that I heard years ago, and it, it hit me hard. It's like one of those sermons you can't forget, and it reframed the way that I viewed dating, especially worldly dating versus biblical dating and manhood. Which is a hot topic again after the Duggar documentary and all the yes, Gothard stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And by the way, shameless plug there, Jeremy V, that's Ginger's husband, is going to be here preaching in September. Yay! They're a great family, biblically balanced. So the background of this clip was a sermon series on biblical dating. And Paul started with a big overview. Then in round two, he kind of hits on recreational dating. And he starts with the ladies, and then he comes strong at the guys. And basically, it's so that we understand how countless people are initiating relationships that they aren't yet ready to truly fulfill. It truly is a powerful clip. So let's get ready to roll, and then we'll discuss it. And again, for everyone, the backdrop here is explaining how many young men are not ready to care for a woman until they are, in fact, a man. Um, And at the very end, he has a very, very, very heavy word of warning to the young ladies. So here we go. Ethan, let her rip. I love to hunt. And um, I love to hunt with a bow and arrow. As a matter of fact, I got my long bow in the car right now. I shot it right before I came here. People looked out the hotel windows, but none of them came out the door. Um, Now, I have built a little bow for my three-year-old. And um, I, I've got him some. I've got him some cedar arrows. And what I've done is I've filed off the cedar at the tips, and I've blunted it. He can't cut himself. He can't hurt himself. Now, when I, I'm going turkey hunting Friday, okay? So you can all pray for me. And um, I'm going to use what's called a Zwicky broadhead. They are so sharp that you use a wrench to put them on. If you even, if you even one glances your leg just like a blade of grass, it will slice your leg. It is sharper than a razor blade. And you have to put them on with so much care, it's unbelievable. Now, I'm not going to give a Zwicky broadhead to my little boy. He is going to have to pass many tests and go through many years before he's allowed to put something like that on the end of an arrow. It is dangerous, it's deadly, it will shoot right through a deer and keep going. 
They say, what's that have to do with dating? Absolutely everything. A little boy can't play with the same things, can't handle the same things a man handles. It's just wisdom. Now, along with that being able to handle it, there's a great sense of responsibility. I mean, I wouldn't put one of those broadheads on the end of an arrow for my little boy because he might shoot me. He can't hold back his bow very long. His hand sets itself to trembling. And sometimes he's not very good at shooting. A 16-year-old boy starts dating. He has become nothing of a man. He is a little boy who wants to play the games of men and yet does not want to assume the responsibility of men. And our culture doesn't want him to either. Adolescence. It's demonic, it's unscientific, and it's based on a false evolutionary model. In all of culture, in all of time, it has been this. You are a boy, a little boy, until a certain passage of right, a rite of passage, and you become a man. There is nothing in between. In the Aguaduna culture where I was at, it's around 12 or 13 years old. 12 or 13 years old, the boy can go out and hunt, he can build his own house, he can plow the field, he can do whatever he has to do to survive. He can take a wife if he wants. Why? Because he's assumed the responsibility of manhood. We don't have that anymore in our culture. We have little boys who at about 11 or 12 or 13 become adolescents. And they stay adolescents until they're 35. It's true. Don't be angry. It's true. It's true about my generation. It's true about your generation. When can you start thinking about a woman? When you have assumed the responsibility of your own manhood. Put it this way, if dad's paying the insurance for your car, you can't. So let's look at something. When can we start off? Well, let's look at something first. The Bible says, do not awaken love before it's time. And I'm afraid that's happening every day. Because of media, because of television, because of parents who allow their children to watch things they shouldn't even watch themselves. Now, let's say that um, love, the notice of uh, people of the opposite sex, is awakened in the heart of a boy, the heart of a girl, when she's 12, 13, when he's 12 or 13, and I know now it's far below that, and that's pathetic. We rape our children's minds instead of protecting their innocence. But let's say it awakes. So it's awakened at 12. What does the modern psychologist or witch doctor, it's a good synonym, say? It says simply this. Well, it's awakened. It's time. Animal instinct. Let's go.
What is it when that passion awakes in the heart of a boy or a girl? Is it God? Yes, it is. Built it in. God did. Is He signaling that it's time for them to enter into relationships? No. He's signaling, he's signaling to them that it's time for them to begin to prepare for manhood and womanhood so that they might someday join together with someone of the opposite sex of God's choosing. It is a signal. It is a time to prepare. My wife has a wonderful article on our website. It's called Becoming Esther. And it's about that. You see, when that awakens in the heart of a young man, the father should be there and say, Son, this is good. This was put in you by God. And it signals that now it is time for you to take serious the challenge of assuming the responsibility of manhood. And once you have done that, and I'll be by your side to train you and lead you and help you, when you've assumed the responsibility of manhood, then you can start to think about finding your mate and pursue her with all your might, but not a moment sooner than you have achieved manhood. Now, this would be a great deterrent, wouldn't it, to all the problems? You see, here's the thing. If, if, if you no longer have to qualify before you can go through the door, then everybody wants to go through the door. Everybody wants to participate in the party if you don't have to qualify. It's like this. Okay, I'm 16. I have not studied to be a man. I have not worked to be a man. I have not concerned myself with manly things. I have not assumed the, assumed the responsibility of manhood. But I get to play. And girls, you, you allow it. Also, it's a great thing when you can have everything you want and you don't have to assume the responsibility for any of it. And that's what you allow. You have allow Him to have you without assuming the responsibility. Wow. Yeah. He does such a good job of getting to the heart issue. Um, and if anyone's never listened to Paul Washer before, this is what he does so well. He's not focusing so much as you can tell on do this or do that. It's just probing the heart issue. Why do we do this or why do we do that? Yeah. And speaking for the ladies, this is incredible preaching to put in front of your tweens and teens and just download some of these podcasts from mm -hmm. Heart Cry. Have your kids listen to them rather than music and movies because it opens their eyes to true biblical self sacrificial love in marriage versus so much of the more emotively lustful stuff they see in film Disney. and media today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, do you want to go first, love? Let's just share briefly a couple thoughts, reflections on this message. Totally. My first reflection is pretty obvious. It's that number one, as ladies, we shouldn't be giving ourselves physically or emotionally to a man who hasn't showcased the spiritual and material abilities to protect and provide. And I just think this is lost on so many young ladies nowadays, even those in good churches. I really urge every young woman and their parents to establish a clear plan for why and how they go about the 
dating process, which leads to my second point. Number two, as ladies, we need to remember that until covenant marriage, there's no possession of the person we're getting to know. And when a young woman realizes this, she'll be so blessed until there's a ring on your finger. You do not belong to him and he does not belong to you. So there's a part of your heart and all of your body that must stay reliant on your protectors in your life, including dad or one of your pastors. And then of course, as you walk down the aisle, you're giving him the complete you. And that's the beautiful thing about Mm -hmm. the vows that you say. That's really good. My two thoughts, which I'll direct toward the men, are number one, remember that as a Christian, the reason you pursue a woman and start getting to know her is with an ultimate goal of marriage. So if she's to be your wife, you want to treat her in a way that she'll always look back on and respect. Or if she's not going to be your wife, you want to treat her in a way that she and her future husband will always look back on and be thankful for. So just make sure that you have the right intentions, which leads to number two. Number two, remember that true love isn't a feeling, but a choice. And this goes for the ladies too, meaning you can observe someone in a church context or a group context, even in your family context with, you know, your, your siblings around without being alone and kissing and all the physical stuff and really quickly discern if this is a person that you'd like to pursue in a truly loving fashion and potentially spend your life with all to say part of being a man is setting up the relationship to remain pure and upstanding regardless of where it goes. Amen. Can I add one more thing? Of course. That last line where he said, you let him have you before he's ready to take responsibility for you. Mm. I'd like to reiterate that because ladies, sometimes we get fooled and our flesh says, if we're involved physically, then we're guaranteed emotionally or spiritually. And it's just not true. In fact, often it's the opposite and it leads to such pain when we've given ourselves to someone we thought was a man and he proves to still be a boy. Ouch. (laughs) And none of it glorifies God. And it all comes with such deep consequences. So yeah, for young men and young women, decide early on to build dating relationships God's way, meaning a man prepare to protect and provide, a woman is ready to respect and serve, and the two maintain proper boundaries to learn each other's values, ultimately committing to love the other over themselves and build a home that honors Christ. Amen. Well, if you have any questions about biblical dating principles, check out this neat little book called Letters to a Romantic on Dating by Perrin and Harmon. Or if you'd like something more on the courtship side, check out Knights and Fair Maidens by Jeff and Daniel Myers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder from Paul Washer that as men, we need to grow in the grace of our Lord and prepare for the day that we take a young woman's hand. And as ladies, we should guard our purity, trusting your timing for the arrival of our husband. And we ask that you would care for the young men and the young women today, the tweens and the teens and the college kids and young adults, giving them perspective and for their parents, giving them wisdom and how best to model and cultivate in their kids a desire for long-term enriching, self-sacrificing marriage. These things we ask in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, Date Night fam, we will be back in a week. Thanks to Ethan, our producer, the splendid people of Mission Bible. And if you've got any questions on biblical dating, check out Pastor Costi Hinn and Tony's DTR conference, all available at forthegospel.org. Until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.